0: wizard of whiskey presents swig and ramble a podcast for the modern age come for the whiskey stay for the shit show featuring justin Curry at wizard of whiskey mark pruitt at resonant prose and julia men at the wee tipple and now pour yourself a drink and enjoy the show i know you will
1: welcome back ramblers at this point I don't know who the fuck is listening. I'm glad you're here. Uh, I hope there's millions of you at this point. We're in episode 10. Uh, the title of this episode, Go Green or Die. Dun, dun, dun. Where we couldn't afford fancy, you know, organ music. So we just went with that. Um, I'm here with, uh, with as always, uh, Julia Men at the Wee Tipple, Mark at, uh, at Resident Pros. Um, how are we doing, guys?
0: i'm I'm good i don't know about you i need i
2: need a drink
1: uh no yet um yeah well what's in your glass man what are you what are you drinking
2: i have here and you again folks theater of the mind i have a bottle of pinch pinch by hagen haig how old are you 12 shut the fuck up okay pet sounds just simmer down (laughs) um I stole this from my father's house. The tax. Please. Someone called the popo. Yes, I am 15 years old all over again. The tax da- stamp says 4189. So that would have been very close to my high school graduation. Um, I wasn't so...
0: born yet. <laughs> oh,
2: come on. Jesus! Thank you. Thank you for making me feel 500 years old. You weren't born yet. Go fuck I'm an yourself.
0: old man at heart. We all know that. We're all crotchety curmudgeons.
2: Well, at least you don't like fucking pet sounds and
0: I don't corduroy
2: know or whatever the fuck Justin is wearing today. So I'm going to pour myself a glass of this. Well, I I'm have
1: t shirt I wear every fucking episode.
2: <laughs> but you're wearing corduroy shorts and Birkenstocks like all the other fucking hippies from Norco.
1: Okay, well, he pours uh, his 700-year-old drink. I have never worn corduroy a day in my life, and I hate Birkenstocks. Mm-hmm. Although, the hippies had it right, man. Free love, communism, all that stuff.
2: Uh, yeah, no, we're not going to go there, because <laughs> okay. you're fucking crazy. Right, talk to me you about your whiskey, brother. Uh, you know what? This is This is a very interesting thing. For as old as this has been, it's been sitting in a dark cabinet probably since 1989 it wasn't opened well it wasn't open until I got a hold of it I've actually had a couple of hits off of this very uh a little bit of sweet I I I can't identify really what that is maybe that's a little bit of band-aid kind of coming through and this really isn't this isn't a peated blend so I'm not really too sure what happened here or what's going on this just kind of smells like plain Jane stuff. There's no such thing as bad whiskey. There's whiskey that you like, and then there's just whiskey that somebody else probably likes. So don't get me wrong. I'm not having a bad time. I'm just telling you kind of what I'm finding on this um, a little PC
0: way to say that Mark. Say that again. A very PC way to say that.
2: I'm full of PC. That's, that's, uh, uh, that's what I want you to understand. If you look at PC in the dictionary, there's a picture of me. Okay. Just go ask fucking HR. Yeah, all, so the class, sure of you all the classes, all of the all the classes I've taken, I am full of PC. I have been set straight after ten episodes. I have seen the light. I am on the straight and narrow. I want you to know this show. I'm going to be the straight man. Um, you guys are going to get a hundred percent from me. So let me.
0: There are so many straight jokes I could make, but let's just move on. What does it actually taste like?
2: <laughs> I'm offended. Can't 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 you evolve, Julia?
1: That was
2: three seconds of being straight. Good job. Pinch, I love you. Your product's probably good, but this is very thin and very bland from a scotch perspective. Uh, would, would, Would I go out and spend money on this on my own? Probably not. I don't know. But given the fact that I found it in my dad's cabinet and it's something different for me to experience, it's pretty cool. Wait.
0: Justin, what are you drinking?
1: I am drinking Crown and Hops, uh, somewhat local brewery here to, to Northern California. Um, the Messenger is a pilsner, and I'm a huge pilsner fan because I don't like hops. I enjoy hops, don't get me wrong, but in California, in the Midwest, and on the East Coast, everyone's trying to out-hop each other. Please, with the fucking hops. Stop. Let's, yeah, let's simmer the shit down. And you're down Stop. in Florida, so you, San Diego, it's oh my God. It's like with the damn IBUs. I get it. Your beer has 908,000 IBUs. Congratulations. My tongue needs to taste things.
2: There's people walking around with IBU statements on their T shirts around here. It's Fuck. fucking ridiculous. I love a good Czech Pilsner. So hmm. I think I'm going to have to go out and I'm going to have to find some.
0: Yeah, Justin, don't be so basic. No one actually needs to taste things. It's no,
2: you know, you know who's know. getting fried right now is Fiona. Fiona from Australia. You hear me saying your name right now. You are a staunch defender of IPAs. You talk about the floral qualities. You you preach to the fact that IPAs can, can be so much more than IBUs. Fiona, with all due respect, fuck that. I I can't stand IPAs. I I love you to death as a friend. Please don't unfriend me. Um, oh my God! IPAs burn in hell. Um, I, I need a stout. More,
1: more now you just lost
0: those, one of our please founding members.
2: Yeah, please don't leave the group.
0: Uh,
1: so this this pilsner is actually really clean. Speaking of clean, um, it's actually room temp, not this you know super cold, super chilled. You know, it's been sitting on my desk for like three months. Um, and again, room temp, real room temp, like sixty degrees. Um, it's, it's really nice. A little bit of honeysuckle, you know, Mark mentioned floral. That's what you should be getting. You should be getting really nice, subtle notes. I, I shouldn't ha- when I breathe in this glass, I should not be getting the sting of mm. Uh When I taste it, I actually taste beer. This is what original Pilsners were, you know, the bottom fermented lagers. This is what they were supposed to be. Crisp, clean, something to wash away the cheese and the bread that the monks were drinking, you know, uh, this is, this is brilliant. So
0: Julia, what do you got? I wasn't sure if I even felt like drinking today, but then I'm like, yeah, maybe I will have a drink. But then I didn't know what I wanted to drink. I was like, I have a lot of wine. I have a lot of whiskey. But then I'm like, wait a minute. I want something sweet. Do I have anything sweet? And I do. So friends, I'm having-
2: Can I guess what that is? Because I'm looking at it in the class and I can see it.
0: I do. Oh, okay. Is that that
2: hypnotic stuff that you get? The swirly purple blue shit no. that you get in the bottle?
0: No, not at all. It is a fantastic chocolate liqueur from a local distillery. So, shouting out Fifth State here in Connecticut, this is their chocolate liqueur, which is called Chocolate XS. They also do actually a fantastic chocolate orange liqueur if you're looking for something oh, even more zazzy. It's 35% ABV. All of their spirits are made with Connecticut corn. They all do small batch stuff. It's run by Bridget and Rob, and they're just such delightful, friendly people who make really damn good spirit. They're also celebrating their fifth anniversary of the distillery this year, and I just really enjoy their product. This really hits the spot. Typically, I drink this in my hot chocolates.
2: Can we get them on? Because I'd really like to know how liqueur is made.
0: I mean, hey Bridget and Rob, you wanna come on a podcast?
2: I know I'm I'm truly fascinated. Like I, I, I want to know how it's put together. Like I don't have any idea how that works. I mean um,
1: they have in
2: July, you're gonna help Ramona and I were working on a coffee liqueur.
0: Ooh, okay, I'm going to
1: scratch. So yeah. cool.
0: So I mean, on the nose, I'm I'm getting chocolate as I well should. So let's have a wee mm-hmm. soup, shall we? Yep, I'm getting chocolate, kids. It is, I mean, it's a really phenomenal chocolate liqueur because they don't use any artificial flavors, no artificial colorings. It has a really good, robust body to it, a really proper, pure chocolate taste because they use real chocolate. It's just basically liquid alcoholic chocolate. So cheers, I will drink to this. Hashtag fifth state. Sweet. But you know, speaking of local, Fifth State is a fantastic local distillery. Connecticut is renowned for their local breweries. And there has been a huge dust up in the particularly brewery world quite recently. And it is a reckoning that has needed to happen, uh, not just in the brewery world, but the industry, the beverage, industry as a whole and what i'm referring to is brianne who's at rat magnet on instagram blew open the doors which were ready to be blown open of the sexist misogynistic harassing abusive behavior that is seen throughout the brewing industry. She's focusing specifically on the brewing industry. I know it is not just in the brewery world, but she reached out on her Instagram asking for people to come forward with their stories of harassment and abuse. And then she has since shared those stories and made crazy waves across the country. And this has reached other parts of the world. I've seen people chiming in from all over the globe about their personal stories of being abused and suffering sexist behavior in this industry. And it was really amazing to see one, the outpouring of stories and two, I think people and the industry is maybe finally ready to listen Because actions have been taken. People have finally received consequences. They have been fired. They have been kicked out of or forced to step down from their positions or their company for their egregious behavior. And just reading these stories, I think every woman, no matter what industry you're in, can relate to some degree or another. And it just made me tired, made me so tired to see what these women have suffered. Because unfortunately, to some degree or another, we have all been there. And I know we're gonna be talking about this more in depth. This is just our news segment. So I'll kind of wrap things up here. Um, If Justin and or Mark want to chime in with anything, just wanted to put this out there. Rat Magnet is doing some fantastic work. All of the people that are speaking up are doing great work. We will definitely be jumping into this on a deeper level at some point in the future.
1: Yes, I'd just like to say that minors come.
0: Next. You're here. Yeah. All right. Well, Mark is quiet. So that's just going to, ju- that's my sours, my mash, kids, this week. Fuck sexist industry, BS, sexist comments that I suffer on a pretty much daily basis, not from my coworkers or anything. I work in a really great place and I work with fantastic people. Just, Inane comments made by customers and previous experiences at other companies is just—it's exhausting, man. It is exhausting. So that's in uh,
2: in all in all seriousness. And I know I fuck around a lot, but I'll, I'll take a minute to be extremely serious about this. I'm I'm glad that you said this, and you are the right person to lead the charge on this. So I'm I'm looking forward. To us, really delving into this and doing a show on this, uh, to learning and understanding better. So, uh, you know, thank you. I, I think it's it's fantastic that you bring this up and that we sort of lead the charge, at least in our little realm, uh, our little corner of the universe. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Let's let's really have an intelligent discussion around this.
0: here, here. into
1: that. Um, well, you know what really sours my mash. Tell us. In addition to sexist pigs, IPAs, uh, Dear IPA land. Please stop.
2: Mark, <laughs> what do you got? I'm in a piggyback. Fuck IPAs. I. Uh, I'm I'm okay with that. But but mine, my sours my, my mash was, um, you know the world is opening up after the pandemic, and. You know, now we're getting into this insanity regarding whether or not you're going to get the vaccination and whether or not humanity is actually going to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and reach some sort of herd immunity with this. Different show, different topic. Don't want to get into that. Uh, but, But I want to talk about sort of a downside to this. And we're not having concerts yet. So people, please get your shit together. And let's get some shows going, because I need to go to a fucking concert and watch a band play, because it's been a year and a half, and I haven't seen live music. And while I love technology and being able to connect with folks and see virtual concerts, it's not cutting it. I need to go to a venue. Uh, I need to see the sights. I need to smell the smells. I need to pay exorbitant prices for beer. And I will not complain, at least for the first few concerts. So that's my is My Mash.
0: There
2: we cool. go. So, listen, uh, obviously, I'm a little grouchy because I haven't been able to see a live show, but uh, I, you guys, I wanted to actually go back and I wanted to dive into the subject we were talking about last episode, you know, the sustainability, because I think we got really technical in that discussion. And I'm not upset with that because I, I think the technical details are important. You know, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a simple guy and, you know, a part of me really wants to tackle that question that I asked of as a consumer, when you, when you look at a bottle and somebody talks about sustainability, you know, it's a, it's a neck tag or it's some advertising that you see, or it's word of mouth. How do you discern the difference between the two? How do we kind of sum this up for our listeners and let them know how to navigate these waters. Julia, if you could answer that question in 10 words or less, that would be great.
0: I can't answer it in 10 words or less. Will you take a longer answer?
2: <laughs> Acceptable.
0: Okay, cool. The first thing that immediately springs to mind is there is actually a an organization out there that does all the legwork for you of Making sure a company actually is sustainable. It's a B Corp certification, which place places like Brooklatty has Brooklatty is actually one of only two distilleries in the entire world to be B Corp certified, but it is all about sustainability. So you have this legalized or at least official organization making sure you are hitting all of these steps and markers and goals to quantify that you are sustainable. It is not just an easy as sort of thing. You can just slap on a label. I mean, a lot of people do. It's marketing. I'm not really sure what the legal ramifications are for saying, oh, I'm green. I'm sustainable. But if you look for some sort of certification like B Corp certified, blammo, that is sustainable. And again, going back to what we mentioned last week, it is not just We're putting out a good product. It is, they're giving more back to the earth, to the community. It covers financials. It covers diversification. It is an incredibly wide net that sustainability covers.
1: Not quite 10 words or less, but mine mine is 10 words or less. Glass crusher. This is going to be the first thing that we crowdfund from Swig and Ramble. If you're listening, please donate to this cause. We're going to purchase a glass crusher, which takes bottles and turns them back into sand and to one. These things are fantastic. Get this, I'm loving these specs. Um, I just want to kind of see this real quick here. If I'm not mistaken, it takes about 50 bottles. To make like pounded sand, which is really cool. So you could you could have your own sandbox with all of the bottles that you have lying around for all you moms and dads out there.
0: I mean, but or you could then use that sand to then make new glass question mark.
1: What? Well, that's I mean I was just gonna build a sandbox, but I mean, yeah. So I mean
0: isn't that how glass is made hasn't anyone ever seen that movie where lightning hits the beach and the heat and the stuff makes glass sculptures am i the only one yeah no
1: yeah i have no oh, idea what you're talking about i'm assuming it's sweet home alabama but don't call me on that, that um, yeah so i mean honestly it's easy to look at this with you know only two sides of the equation the consumer which is all of us and then the uh the producer which is all of them all of the the distilleries and the wineries we've talked a lot about distilleries because this is a very spirit-centric show. Um, But surprisingly, most of the papers that we read on this were very wine or beer-centric because there's a ton ton of uh, information out there about sustainability in those two industries. Uh, And we do, for this purposes, we look at them as as separate industries. Um, But there's really, as much as complex and difficult and as as much complexity is there to this issue, there's really not. The producers and the industries have to do huge, wide, painful, sweeping, massive changes to how they operate. You know, it's easy to say, well, this distillery isn't doing its part. Pernod Ricard is doing some amazing things as far as stewardship of the land and taking the terroir everywhere that they you know, have uh, uh, you know, uh, either in cognac or Bordeaux or Napa, they take that very seriously, and that's part of it, of course. It's part of the individual producer, but what about the trucking companies? What about how these things are transported? What about huh, shipping?
2: Mm. You, know, you
1: may think that you know, if you drive, if you drive to your local distillery and you pick up a bottle of spirits, it's your gas. You go there. You pick it up. It's a very light carbon footprint. Let's look at Hennessy. Produced in Cognac, France. Um, bottles dipped in from Italy or Germany or wherever else they're they're chipped in. Uh, corks made in another plant somewhere, probably in China. Labels probably produced somewhere else. All of those things have to come and converge onto that onto that product. Uh, the- yes, Buck?
2: We could probably do a three-part show on artificial versus natural corks. I just, uh, I just yeah. wanted to throw okay. that segue in there.
1: Yeah, no, great secway. Fuck um, off both of you. So, so we're looking at, you know, already we're talking about a pretty decent carbon footprint then. And the only reason I know, and not the only reason, but the reason I know this specifically about Hennessy is there's a container <laughs> sitting on a ship in San Francisco Bay with boob and Hennessy and all of the shit that I actually need. Uh, And so we're talking about massive carbon footprints to get your bottle of spirit, to get your bottle of cognac, to get your whatever.
2: So I, I have a little bit of a different example and I'm trying to sort of make the connection in my mind. And, and this is interesting to me. Uh, The other day I saw one of those commercials for butt wipe, right? It's, somebody's looking on the shelf and
0: wait a minute for what
2: toilet paper, butt wipe.
0: Uh, okay. I, I thought I misheard, but I didn't. Okay, cool.
2: So the, the marketing for the butt wipe is for every tree we use, we plant two. So to Justin's point. Okay. So you plant two trees, you burn a bunch of fucking diesel hauling this shit around by trucks. You burn up a bunch of cardboard packaging, this stuff up, you know, blah, 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 blah. Everything that, you know, it's plastic wrappers that aren't biodegradable. I'm putting words, you know, into this. I'm just thinking, you know, I don't even remember what the brand is, right? Um, So again, I mean, I kind of go back to the same thing. How much of this is marketing hustle versus how can somebody take a deeper look? I think Julia's got a great point because you got the B Corp, right? Well, not everybody can kind of get there. So it feels to me like maybe there's an arbitrary line. I mean, what if you're the small guy from Connecticut, you're doing the best thing that you can, but you're not checking all of the boxes. That doesn't make you bad, but how do we we make that judgment? How do we help sort of discern somebody's on the right path?
1: Yeah, I mean, there are plenty of ways that we as consumers can get involved in calling our local governments, calling and talking to our local producers, calling and talking to our local grocery stores or the place we actually buy these things, talking to calling Costco or calling Walmart or sending them an email and saying, "Hey, could you carry more organic, sustainable, uh, biodynamic, you know, products? Can you carry more, you know?" local vodka in, in, in those areas. And a lot of places are making that switch. There's local sections in a lot of different large retail stores that you wouldn't see previously. They have that access to those, those, those changed. Um, we've been where most of the people buy, I'm not saying everybody, especially not our listeners who are just brilliant people. Um, a lot of people buy from you know, the larger places instead of the local bottle shop, because we're talking pride, we're talking a lot of other things.
2: So let me, let me, let me help along a little bit here. In the whiskey world, there are terms that are regulated. Obviously single barrel is something that's regulated. It has to come from a single barrel. Small batch is not something that's regulated. You can put fucking small batch on whatever it is that you want. And truly it doesn't mean dick because it's not regulated. So from a consumer perspective, when you're looking at something, and I mean, this is a general question because I think I'm putting everybody on the spot here because I'm totally fucking with the script here, but are there terms that are regulated from a sustainability perspective that we as consumers can look at when we go to buy our spirits and to know that it's a step in the right direction versus marketing claptrap. So for example, Hey, you want the single barrel, but small batch doesn't mean shit. What would that be from a sustainability perspective?
0: Well, if you see B Corp certified, technically biodynamics is not necessarily the same as sustainable, but it will give you an idea of how that producer works. So, so- I do
1: wanna, I kinda wanna jump into to something here. So so Mark, you asked a very interesting question. The problem with the answer is, is that it's actually not that simple. Whereas you can just look and see, you can see biodynamic as a certification. You can't really see certified sustainable. I mean, you can, but it's not a real thing. Sustainable is actually, it's an entire process that involves multiple things. It invo- involves the environment. And we look we we focus on environment more than anything. But it's more than just environment. It's how we grow, how we consume, and how we are able to reinvigorate. So, as an example, with the barrels, you know, in the last episode we talked about that. That's a financial windfall for a lot of companies when they're able to reuse those things. Um, when we're able to design sustainability, it essentially means we are taking from the land, but we're taking enough for what we need and no more. And in addition to that, we're putting as much back as we can so that the next person down the line has the ability to take from the land and not take too much.
2: Brewers, distillers, and producers, Swig and Ramble is your consulting firm to turn your sustainability efforts into something that is truth in advertising for you please come here swigandramble.com, swig and swig on facebook we would love to put our experience and our understanding behind this for you guys please give us a call and we can help translate those messages yes and when mark says swig and ramble he really
1: means <sighs>
0: And i'm like wait do we have a phone number yeah. you really call <laughs> us
1: yeah, um, you can you can call us. You can find us on all the webs. And yes, uh, we we absolutely can not help with that. We do have the expertise for that.
2: So yeah, I, I'm sort of half joking, but but really, I, but you you answered the question the way that I wanted you to answer the question, because you're right. There is no clear answer, and I think that's a part of the problem with the subject matter. This is sort of what I've been trying to poke the bear to do here for the last few minutes in this discussion. Is it's very difficult as a consumer to tell shit from Shinola in this particular situation. And, you know, the, the discerning part of me wants to say, well, is some effort better than none, or, you know? Uh, you yes, know,
1: some, some effort is better than none. I mean, it, it, sustainability goes to the heart of everything. It goes to the heart of policy. It goes to the heart of equity. It goes to the heart of, and these things all sound all hippy-dippy, but they're, they're not. I mean, in order to be truly sustainable as a society, we won't go into the societal thing, but as far as a producer, and as far as we as consumers, in order to be sustainable, we have to know what we're drinking, what we're eating. We have to to understand that all of those things have a huge carbon footprint. I love a good steak. Does it bother me that it takes hundreds of gallons of water to produce that single steak? Yes. Yes, it does. Because that means my grandchildren are going to potentially be needing water that they don't have because we are using resources without putting things back in. If you look at the oceans, I won't get into too much of this shit, but if you look at the oceans, we are piling islands, huge islands worth of plastic and waste into these things, which is killing the fish, which again, when we talk about environmental policy, we have to look at it all. And we have to be extreme in stopping The waste that we use and the waste that we're putting out there because there will be a certain point when sustainability doesn't matter anymore. We can take all the 10-minute showers we want or the 5-minute showers we want and conserve water when we're brushing our teeth we want, but at a certain point it's not going to matter unless we make huge and industry-wide, global-wide huge, sweeping, painful sacrifices.
2: I, I want the ramblers on both sides of this. I want the ramblers who are consumers and I want the ramblers who are producers to chime in on this. You know, what is this really something that's on your radar screen when you when you go to buy something do you think about it? When you go to package something and and you have this sustainability effort, how are you trying to present that to a consumer in in a way that's bite-sized in terms of a of a marketing message because as we've discovered here, it's something that's incredibly complex. And I think that there's a great discussion that's happening here. Julia uh, Julia's giving me the finger, so I, I think she has something to say other than
0: not giving you the finger. I just have long fingers and I don't know what I was doing with them. But you anyway, were
2: picking your you were picking your nose, weren't you? I
0: was you? not. You
2: were totally fucking picking your nose. Now, My now goodness. Let's stay on point here.
0: Staying on point. I' Love the idea of sustainability. I think it is highly necessary and I wish the world would get on fucking board with it. But I'm seeing kind of a two prong thing that needs to happen. One, consumers need to go outside the goddamn comfort zone and ask the questions and be held accountable and ask for slash demand these changes be made. And two, giant corporations need to stop worshiping the almighty dollar. And honestly, I don't believe either two of those things will happen on a big enough scale to save this planet. Sorry, that's a downer, but I, I
2: am a capitalist. I don't believe in hyper capitalism. And I believe that's where we are. Money at all costs is not the right answer. I do believe you have the ability to make a product and to sell that product at a profit. But I believe this state of We are in where we make every single penny that you possibly can from a hyper profit perspective. I think that gets us exactly where we are. We're 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 doing the wrong things. We're we're killing the planet. We're we're creating these you know crazy social situations. I'm going down the wrong road. I need to stop because Justin's going to start to get red faced, and uh, then we're going to get into another argument. So uh, you know uh, I. This is a great discussion, and I think that there's a lot more here. And again, uh, I would love for the Ramblers to engage us in that discussion.
1: Uh, No, absolutely. And by the way, Ramblers, if you're listening, we need $6,000 for this bottle crusher. So let's get on that. We're going to start a a GoFundMe thing, and we're going to get a bottle crusher, because if there's anything that can save the planet from my side of things,
0: it's crushing all the bottles I have.
1: You have
0: a lot. I have a lot. I need a bottle crusher, so we need twelve thousand dollars, Ramblers. We crushers,
1: one on each coast. Mark can drive his up here, yep. um, And we will we'll have him use vegetable oil in his car on the way up, so that he's not wasting gas to to recycle. Um, and we're gonna make some sand, guys. Uh, and we're gonna send out some uh, some sand um, sand globes, which I don't think that's a thing. But we'll send out little sand sculptures that's or something so to all of our Ramblers cool. using the sand that we that we produce. Um, at an exorbitant cost because we're going to be shipping these all over the world because we have listeners in every country as of right now. Every country in the world listens to our podcast, so I want to thank the Russian Hackers for helping that. You know, take take care of that. So, um, well, guys, I mean, sustainability is it's it's a it's not a personal choice. It's it's the only choice. We have to get serious about how we do everything, and and some of these sacrifices are a little ridiculous as far as, you know, oh, I don't want to do that or I don't want to do this. Do it. Shut the hell up and do it. Um, you know, it, it hurts. I get it. But do it, you know. And from what you can do, you can, you can call your congressman, you can talk to your local producers of, you know, uh, like, hey, uh, Joe Timo Distillery down the road, are you guys giving your spent grain out to a, a local farm? There's generally a farm within 50 miles. Sometimes if you're in a big, big city, probably 100 miles, but there's farms. There's someone who can use that spent grain, you know, turn it into bio waste, turn it into, you know, biomass where you can... Um, years ago, my wife bought me a brick maker for shredded paper because we joked about this. I am a pyro, I love fires. I love to, I love to smoke things. I'm from Memphis, Tennessee, originally. I love to barbecue so I can thread paper and I can turn that into, uh, you know, a brick Basically, make my own firelocks. Really cool process.
2: Super tedious,
1: but it's also a lot of fun.
2: So, you ever heard the song "Walking in Memphis"?
1: No, never heard that one. That I don't. That one doesn't. You know,
2: know fucking pet sounds, but you've never heard the song "Walking in Memphis." Of
1: course, I've fucking yeah. heard the song. Walkin'. Jesus Christ! It's like the most popular fucking song there. Aside from that, it? is that who, who one guy it? who sings it? Elvis something. Um, Elvis
2: Presley does not sing "Walking in." No, Memphis.
1: no, no. I'm saying he's the one guy people know in in, in Memphis. He, he's somewhat popular. Dead for 30 years, but somewhat popular still. 40 years, actually. Not the like
2: person that. who sang the song is not dead. Talking about urban things here.
1: Um, I'm talking about Elvis Presley being dead. Oh, you're talking. Elvis about- Presley's been dead for a lot longer than 30 said, years, but okay. Yes, I, I just said 40 years. Mark Cohen is the guy you're thinking of.
2: You just Googled it, you piece of shit! I did not. I'm looking at this <laughs> stupid fucking. Thingy. You just. I saw the screen light your <gasps> face up. You are so I'm full of shit. Thingy. I can't believe you just fucking Googled that.
1: Anyway, we're looking at buying one of these sand crushers. I think it'll be a lot of fun. We're gonna we're gonna turn bottles back into sand, and. uh if that. you're
2: mark Cohn's publicist and you happen to be listening please give me a call because we'd love to talk to him if he enjoys any spirits and we'd love to rub it in justin's face that he sings a wonderful song called walking in memphis for some think, well, for some so-called son that was born in memphis i never ever said i didn't like the song
1: all i said was yeah i've heard the fucking song it's like people from that one place in arizona tucson was like yeah oh well, that's our that's our song yeah it's Dude, if you're if you're if
2: you're it's thinking, not it's not Tucson, it's Winslow. Standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. Well, your town is named in a song. Oh, I get I that. mean,
0: I, I get the trump card because I'm originally from Wisconsin, and we are the butt of every joke in the movies. If someone's making a state joke, it's about Wisconsin. There we go.
1: Someone asked me today, literally asked me today on so asked several people on social media. About a cocktail that incorporates Wisconsin, Virginia, and California. A lot of really good ideas. Mine was seeds, curds, tobacco, and weed. Make that <laughs> a cocktail. Yeah. There were some other good ones, but mine takes the cake. Literally. I just
2: like to say I'm a California native, I've been here all of my life. Um... Oh, is well, so
1: one of the hotels in California. I
2: mean,
0: Ooh, I'm like, wait, so wait, what are we talking no, about? No, see, like go, you, better, like, go me, go you, what? The
2: hotel in Hotel California is actually the Beverly Hills Hotel.
0: Oh, um, how do we get out? What's what are we doing? Should we should we end this shit show, or
1: what do we? What guys? Be, be sustainable. Go go buy stuff. There. If anybody
2: wants to talk music, just give me a call, okay? I'm I'm great at parties. I'll bring everybody down. I'll make it go. To a fucking grinding halt
0: yeah you know where to find us we're at bev fluence and swig and ramble and resident pros and the wheat tipple you really ought to join our facebook group if you haven't already because we're a whole lot of fun there we would love to have you be part of our community for realies. and i think that's it guys what are we
2: talking about next time
0: uh join us next time when we discuss those assholes who only want bell air blue Can't even with those motherfuckers. Wow. Fuck those guys. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Follow us at Swig and Ramble on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for more fermented fuckery. Cheers!